Jordan, what up, man? Steve and Jordan show is back for another one. My man, how long? I think it's been, what's it been? A little over a month here, about six weeks? Yeah, yeah, it took a little bit of a delay. Had some scheduling, I think. Maybe it was me, I don't remember, but it's good to connect. I see you're still in Mexico. How's life? Yeah, still in Mexico, man. It's actually my last day in Mexico. I go back tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to um, being back in the States. But we had such a good time here. It was about two and a half months, almost three months. We're in Merida, Mexico, in the Yucatan, about four hours west of Cancun. Just had a great time, great refresher and breather for the family, decompress. This is like the one time that every event was going to be canceled. How often is that going to happen? So I just decided to jump in. We've made the most of it, made some great relationships, had a ton of fun, and ready to head home. I love it. I love that you did that. What was the germination of that? Did you read some a book and get inspired? Were you and your wife just like, hey, we wanted to do this for a while. Let's do it now. How did this happen? Yeah, longstanding desire to do some travel for sure. I just love travel. I love a bit of a culture shock and also kind of going back to my roots to some degree. And again, how often is every in-person event going to be canceled? I mean, that's a once. <laughs> that's basically a once and never. As long as I've been doing it, it's never happened. So I just figured, if not now, when? I know. I know, man. It's so crazy. I, I miss, like, I, I would go to any conference. <laughs> I literally, I mean, I miss like, I miss being around people, you know, I miss, I miss that. <laughs> I feel like that the, the, the com conference complaining was like at its zenith right before all this happened. Oh, I'm not going there. Oh, it's in Hawaii. I'm not, I wouldn't do that. And now it's like, oh my, if you put on a conference in Waco, Texas, baby, I'm there. <laughs> I know. I'm with you. I, I know. It's interesting. Uh. You don't know what you got till it's gone, but, but yeah. So give me an update, man. What, uh, give me a personal professional best. What's going on? Personal professional personal has just been here slowing down. I mean, you know, slowing down is probably an exaggeration, but at least taking the time to be here and have this moment, this experience and this journey for sure. Uh, professional best has been being back in the saddle in a fully engaged kind of way and really enjoying it. Sometimes you're driving hard, and it's obligation. Other times you're doing it and it just feels really rewarding. So I've been in a close to a full on sprint now for, for a number of weeks and I'm enjoying it. It's feeling good. I'm getting a good ROI return on my effort. And that's most definitely been the biggest highlight for sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, man, personal for me is I've, I've been kind of in a more like flow floaty state like not flow like i'm in flow all the time but just like kind of just lighthearted, taking things like as they come less like regimented just and i think it's it's a good time to do that with the holidays i think i always feel less pressure when it gets darker earlier and it's just like it slows down a little bit you know <laughs> it's like For sure. less pressure on myself to put in x amount of hours or feel like i've you know done this or that so uh, I just try to see like how, how floaty can I get today, man? Like, can I bounce around and just like try to like, I, I normally go to the beach and walk my dog and I'm like, dude, I'm going to, I'm just going to jump in with my dog and let's go swimming. You know, like just like trying to do random shit that I don't normally do and think a little bit like different. Keeping it loose. Yeah. Just keep it loose, man. 
It's great, you know? man. Which is that's a, like here, go heaven ahead. full of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not always that way, but that's just kind of like how I'm feeling. So that's my personal and professional. Uh, just uh, yeah, it's kind of same with you. Back in it quite a bit, but really enjoying it. Um, you know, really enjoying it, and uh, really focused this quarter on one thing, which is a new thing for us that we. Uh, are transitioning to squat. We actually did transition to squad model versus uh, departmental. So it's like a kind of an internal restructuring. And that was the thing this quarter. We said no to everything else. And we put all other issues. If the issue isn't related to move to squad, we put it aside. And this focus has actually been really refreshing. And instead of, because I've, at certain times I run out of something to do regarding squad. And so I'm like, okay, like I need to go into my box of tricks and figure out what, what other thing I need to start tinkering with. And, but I, instead of doing that, I just like would sit and spend time in kind of just thinking mode or stillness or, you know, and so it's been fun, man. Same focus. Okay. So you're talking about this specific quarter, which we're halfway through. Is that correct? Right. Okay. So too early to, to, to tell, or can you, talk about any results or outcomes from that transition? Yeah, it's really funny actually. So we're learning that about 80% of our issues are solved by moving to this model. <laughs> talk about wow. big, you talk about big domino, like we're like looking at all these things. We're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that gets solved under this model or that should get solved under this model. And I mean, yeah, it is a little early to tell, like it's a huge success, but uh, a big part of the model is putting greater responsibility on people and like, okay, you're responsible for owner happiness. You're responsible. This person's responsible for tenant happiness. Like this person's responsible for the property and things in the field. And you guys are a team and like, this is your portfolio. And so it's very easy to just be like, okay, well, you got a bad review. Okay. Who owns that owner? Okay. Like, you know, and so it's, it's built in leadership at different levels which has has allowed us to move other key leaders up and be more in a in a supervisory role so it's been great man i i when i first heard it come out i, I was like yeah no, that doesn't seem appealing to me <laughs> and that's why i kind of didn't act on it but uh i really think it's uh it's going to be a huge success i remember adam Hooley talked about it at pm grow i think in like 20 18 somewhere mm -hmm. around there yeah and i felt like it resonated with some people and it didn't with with others so you're saying it's it's maybe solving 80 percent of issues but that said like if you were going to distill down the motivation what was like the really the core of the motivation to go through what presumably is quite a bit of disruption and, and effort the motivation was we re we realized that the model we had wasn't scalable the departmental, it's a hybrid, but the departmental model and act, talking with some people in the industry, like some people that are, have like big property management businesses that have been doing it a long time in different realms, the kind of consensus was you can't scale that model. It's very, it's like super difficult to scale departmental hybrid. Um, and so we want to grow and, you know, we want to model that makes it's very simple and so okay what thousand units comes in where do these go okay like it's very complicated in departmental it's like okay i hire another maintenance coordinator i guess and 
I need two more leasing people. Well, it's like, no, you just build another squad. Like you, you build a half a squad, maybe if it's not a full uh, plate for them. But so it makes it more clear. That, that comes off as like very proactive. Was it like purely proactive or were there some like existing loud pain points that you were also solving for? Uh, that was the main, I mean, that was the main thing where we didn't know who we were going to hire. Like we don't know, we didn't know how we, where the next hundred, 200 units would go. Got it. Yeah. And also just, just talking with people and like, if someone's been 10 years past me and they're saying like, yeah, like we've tried it everywhere from Sunday, it's very difficult to scale that model. So, um, so yeah. And we just realized that, uh, you know, it, it just wasn't working the way it's currently working. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, but the focus thing has just been huge. Have you ever done that? Um, I, I, I realized that scaling up teaches that, that you have like a quarterly theme and you kind of stay true to that like theme for the quarter. Um, it's been really powerful to keep us all aligned. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think I've had that level of focus where everybody is pulling in a specific direction. I mean, we have had times we were launching a new product or, you know, things like that. But that's, so let's on the rock level, for example, is all the rocks that everybody carried related to that this quarter yeah we let one slide through that had to do with like updating management agreements just because it was like kind of like a risk liability thing and and it was done by the bdm adam which uh he wasn't really involved in like the operation side so we, we let that one slide through but besides that yeah and it it just gets me thinking you know how important simplicity is to mm. effectiveness and that simplicity is very hard to do and it's easy to make things complex. And so I guess my, my career up to this point has been obviously learning, trying different things, but then like, you know, running after all these shiny objects, like implement this, implement this, implement this, you know, try this, try that. And then you like pull back and you're like, Whoa, I'm on like six softwares. I'm on, you know, it's like fragmentation. Like, yeah. It's just, and so now we're at that point to where I'm really, I'm saying I need your guys' help with, with two things. These are like the two components that are going to take us to the next level. The one is the first question out of our mouth needs to always be, is this in the best interest of the customer? Like, cause we tend, that tends to be the last question that gets answered. Well, our process, like this is easier for us. And I feel like if you look at successful companies like Apple and all the, you know, like they always, Amazon, they always ask customer first and they build backwards yeah. from there. Yeah. But that's so freaking hard to do because it's like, yeah. right. And so it's easier said than done. This is what I'm trying. Right. And then the second thing is simplicity. Like we have to make things simple. Like we're going through some of our processes and I've heard great things about your process. Um, stuff in lead simple, by the way, bro. Oh, thank you, man. Thank Dude, you. I'm, I'm excited to maybe look at that at some point. Right but, on, right on. <laughs> but it has to be simple. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to kill three other things. Yeah, but, exactly. uh, but no, I've stoked. Tell me how that's been going, by the way, too, because I've heard it's been dope. It's been going. It's been going. I'm, as you're telling me what you're telling me, I'm just thinking, yeah, let's meet you in Green, and you're going to adopt it. You can drop that on your team in the next L10. Like, yeah. <laughs> Efficiencies <laughs> the next quarter. <laughs> um, it's been going great, man. You know, we really doubled down on CRM for property management, and that was great. It was definitely a slog, but we got to a position of effectively kind of being the 
default gold standard in the industry, if I can be so bold as to say that. But what I realized along the way is that most PMs, because it's a recurring revenue business, they want to grow. But at the same time, if they don't, life is still good. You know, like it's, it's recurring revenue. That's, that's the blessing and curse of the industry. And so what that means is that sales and marketing is definitely more aspirational than like a hardcore focus for a lot of these companies. They're not operationalized there. But everybody cares about ops. Everybody has intention and focus and just your day-to-day -day life is ops. So it was a natural progression for us to go from the point of contract signing to property onboarding, owner onboarding, leasing, etc. But it was a slog. It was like a two-year build cycle for us to actually be able to build the tech to support that. We got through it and we came out and we're pushing that to our user base and it's going really, really well. And it's given me a ton of energy because it's I'm back in this cycle and I'm kind of climbing an initial hill, plateauing, some boredom creeps in, some some sense of uselessness, because I'm not a dev. I'm not, I'm not the I'm not the product guy. I'm not a PM. And you've seen what I've done, man. You know, go start PM Pro, go start Profit Coach, go start Rentscale, et cetera. Did that, got those things pushed off, excited, a lot of excited stuff going down there. But now it's like, okay, like I'm coming back to my roots. And I got this big bone and this exciting thing. And I am dog on bone. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Dude, that's awesome, man. I love that. The uselessness, that's funny. I can, I can relate to that. So that's, that's a really profound insight that you guys had. I mean, that's smart. That sale, like what you just said, that's so true. Like most PMs you know, sales and marketing, you know, it's a recurring revenue business, but everybody loves the ops. So you went where like, give the people what they want, right? Sure. <laughs> that's, that's super smart. I love it. I think it was a Dan Kennedy anecdote that Jeremy shared with me where he, the question was basically, if you could have one competitive advantage in your business, what would it be? And everybody in the room gives a different answer. And the right answer, according to him, was a hungry market. Above all else, just look for a hungry market. A hungry market will pull things out of you. And that was, that was really the insight. You know, do you want to be a, a painkiller or do you want to be a vitamin? Yeah. And, Life is just easier. and you guys were able to, I mean, lead simple is a great name. And you guys were able to make the gold standard because it is so simple and it's so user-friendly so if you can take that in like that's that's maybe one of your guys's special powers is like making really simple like because i mean there's so many different process things out there but like everyone says they're using process street and then you like i've talked to yeah. people and then they dive right, in right, and they're, right. like, they're not using it <laughs> it's like or they're using uh you know like podio just like sounds so like complex to me like i just can't wrap my head around that but I, a lot of people say it's great but whatever you know, just a simple solution, man. I love it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, man, but my experience is things come in waves to the shores of PM, right? Like every couple of years, there's like the new hotness, the new thing. And some people jump on and they talk it up and some people wait. I feel like that happened with self showings. I feel like that happened with like using video in your marketing at one point. I feel like that happened with some of this automation tech. And so now everybody is aware of it, but like finding folks that really have it dialed in and using it well in a robust capacity that didn't cost $100,000 and take three years to implement, 
is rare. And so it felt like there was still opportunity, a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to a, a mutual friend of ours, pretty sure you know who it is, and he was saying that some of the most profitable companies he saw were like still on basic like stuff. They didn't have all the tech, like the 50 yeah. tech platforms. And I think at least in my head, if I could rewind the time, I thought tech was going to save us or like was going to be the, the thing that ultimately like got us to where we needed to go. And that's why we jump on all these things or I don't know. It's just, um, but like the less softwares you can use. So like if someone's already using lead simple, for instance, like how great yeah. to not have to like add another uh, stack there. But, um, but yeah, and then you were, you referenced uselessness and that's funny. I was talking, uh, I was talking to someone about that too. And, um, you know, some of the visionary role stuff, you can be like, is this like, is this acceptable for me to just be like sitting here thinking about, but then, you know, you have that feeling, but then this friend of mine was telling me, he's like, yeah, but you're always thinking about the business. You know what I mean? I, so dude, like other people so aren't you always are and so that you know what i mean <laughs> man like imagine like accurate time tracking as a founder what <laughs> yeah. a joke like do i do i put the timer on like when i'm in the shower like looping on it you know <laughs> it's just like it's silly <laughs> yeah man yeah so i don't know like someone needs to sit still someone needs to be reading someone needs to be thinking about stuff but sometimes that that feels like a wasted time or i'm not achieving stuff but i think that's part of the process and it's important so i try to embrace it i feel like i'm looping again through eos to appreciate the visionary integrator distinction and it's all anecdote but i heard somebody say the other day just describing the visionary that one in 20 of their ideas are good yeah. And that sounds almost kind of like insulting at first, but it's like, no, that's probably true. I have so many ideas, so many ideas that that sounds about right. And that iteration cycle, like honoring that, honoring the iteration cycle of having all those ideas by creating space for them is what gets you the one or two good ones. Yeah. Do you have an integrator? I, I have a... I have two co-founders that functionally sit in that seat and now we're clear on what it actually means. We're working on whether or not they will formally hold that title, but functionally they've always sat in that seat and they're very much, you know, the, the opposite of me in terms of temperament and style, much more integrator like. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think I, it's interesting. I, I'm asking around and trying to find, can the integrator role be kind of like a different uh, subset of skills, give or take, depending on the visionary, like should the integrator more complement the visionary versus just be this, like, this is an integrator. Uniform like, role. Yeah. That's a really good question. Cause I've talked to some different people. I talked to an integrator at a, a $10 million plus company. And he was saying like, it's important that they complement your skills. Uh, like I would, he's like, I would make a list of like the skill set you want them to have, like, and how it kind of relates to maybe like your shortcomings or what you, and so it's interesting because as it evolves from like, a lot of times the integrator is just like the person that runs ops, but then it's not like there's another level to it. It's when they're become more responsible for P and L 
and you know they're really like getting everyone in alignment on the team and like really uh cheerleading and getting clarity so um yeah but i think i'm like rereading rocket fuel and it's got me all jazzed up because i'm really trying to get like dialed in on like what the right you know integrator I like that. I, one of my business partners is really big on always writing the scorecard before you hire. And that's not metrics driven purely. A lot of it is just like characteristics and behavior. And I think that's always a great starting point. I'm learning to do that more. If I, if I didn't have that though, and I'm just emoting, when I think about an integrator, I think about a person that handles the hairy things that come up in the hard conversations you know they're part empathizer they're part hatchet man they're part they're they're a hundred percent the person that's willing to detangle a big ball of string for some hairy problem where oftentimes the visionary would just tap out like i i'm so good over here but i cannot do that i cannot solve this simple financial or hr related problem uh, that's kind of what's in my mind's eye. What's if you were just like emoting or talking through it? What do you think of when you think integrator? Yeah, someone that harmoniously can get everyone on the team like working towards a goal. Someone with a high emotional intelligence. Someone that's like mature, like very yeah. like like not like rigid or like unfeeling, but just like very like strong emotionally and and strong maturity. Um, and uh, someone that builds process, like is very process oriented and like, yeah, you know, you know, so some things that come to mind there, but yeah, interesting. So to change gears for a second, coming in at the end of the year, November, like what was your intention going into 2020? And like, what, what do you, how are you looking at 2021 now? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I had goals. I have goals for the year. I've hit two out of four, and one of them I've kind of resigned myself to not hitting, and another one is kind of on on the fence. I feel like it was a pretty good year, and overall, I mean, all things being considered, man, I'm super grateful. I have a lot of gratitude going on right now. I, I, I don't know about you, but going to like strategic coach meetings, for example, and just hearing what's going on to other people and kind of the worst case scenario, like it's pretty bad out there. So I, it didn't go exactly as planned, but it also wasn't that far from what I thought it would be like. There was a lot of restructuring. There was a lot of preparation and then reaping the fruit of that, let's say in the, the last half of the third quarter. Um, so yeah, I can't say it's that, that, far off from what I thought it would be in terms of the material outcomes, even though the feel and the vibe was absolutely crazy at times. And I was yeah. panicking like a lot of people in let's say March. Yeah. And so are you thinking about next year? Have you done any next year planning or like just on a personal and professional level, like where's your head at for this next year? I'm thinking that COVID is going to keep going on through 2021. I mean, in terms of whether or not COVID is going to be impactful, my assumption is that the status quo is going to be the same and we're all going to fight and go back and forth about vaccines, et cetera. But that the safe assumption for me is that 2021 will be like 2020, will be like Q4 of 2020. I'm not assuming 
that that has business impact. That is no longer an excuse by any stretch of the imagination. I've started and I'm in the middle of my uh, year-end strategic planning. I'm basically doing all the prep right now and then the decisions will be solidified in, st in stone in the middle of December. How about yeah. you? Yeah, I love that. Um, so 2020, I still have it on my whiteboard in my garage. I wrote 2020, my word for the year was enjoy. <laughs> and that was- Savor it. <laughs> yeah, right? And that was before COVID obviously, but it's kind of ironic because what? It was enjoy as long as everything goes well. Like it was enjoy, right? And maybe that was a precursor. So, you know, I tried to roll with the punches, but uh, it's interesting because I'm going into 2021 now being like, okay, well, you, you said enjoy and then some shit happens. So like, what should this year be? I kind of like the theme for each year. And, uh, and I think, um, I think this year it's, it's like being, it's like really just going back to my roots of like focusing on being first, like without, without being well, the doing is futile and you can do and do and do, and it doesn't make any, it doesn't like really get you anywhere. Like you overvalue this, the future moment for, you know, the, the actual present. That's why I love that you're in gratitude because that's always a great reminder. Um, man, I, uh, I recently, um, was talking to, I was in kind of like a little mastermind, not a mastermind, but just like some local people in business. And, uh, we were sharing some hard time stuff and like, you know, like highs and lows and man, everyone that, you know, I forget that. I think Britt Hume said some, one of the people, I think it was on Fox news or something said this quote that like everyone, you know, has something going on that like, you know, nothing about or something uh -huh. like that. I can't remember who uh -huh. said that, but like, I said what I thought was like my low and it like wasn't even close. Like what other, like people losing family members, all sorts of stuff. So, so yeah, man, just trying to stay grounded. I really think that's where my next huge opportunity and, and revitalization is going to come from. Mm. I feel like what part of the conversation that I have with you is re acknowledging and paying homage to the things that we've already talked about and learned that were profound and that are worth coming back to and that distinction of do have be versus be have do endless value to loop through that over yeah. and over again i don't know about you but i can only do so much doing before i lose sight of the being like the more doing i'm doing the the more effort is required for me to to reset and pause to reflect. Otherwise I do start to just get kind of manic and compulsive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's like some bellwethers in my life. Do you have any, like, is there those things in your life you tell yourself when I'm doing this, I know I'm in a good state. And when I'm not doing this, it's kind of like an alarm bell. Um, Physical exercise would be one. Yeah. For me. Yeah. A a anything restful, spending time with the kids and the family. When I start making up, I don't have time for exercise. <laughs> I don't have time to talk to friends. I don't have time to be with my kids. Like that's we're 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 well down the nosedive at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Listening to music is one for me and playing music. Like if I don't 
listen to music i'm usually not like not every day but just like if i go long stretches where i'm just podcasting or i'm just like audibling and i'm not like listening to music like music's a good one for me that is a great one i love that <clears throat> like last night i sent you guys some songs and i was just in this like freaking i was like dude by the way wolf or whatever you sent me Wolfpack. Wolfpack, I love that band now, bro. Oh, dude, we should go. We should go see them. I mean, next time it ever happens, we should go see them live somewhere. Dude, let's go do it. Hundred percent. I love finding bands or like when friends refer bands or whatever they've never heard of, and then they're like playing Madison Square Garden or some shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People know this band. Like, I've never even heard of this band. (laughs) I mean, granted, I'm not like a big music like junkie. Like, I play. I mean, I like playing my own music, but like a lot of people search new music out all the time and I love those people. But uh, I texted my friend today, man. I'm like, dude, make me a playlist. I'll make you one, man. I need some like new songs right now. <laughs> right. I love it. What's your, what's your relationship look like with your own music right now? You've been, you've been playing? I know that you have been flow with that. Yeah, man. So I feel like when COVID happened, uh, it slowed down a little bit and there was, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like there was this, collective kind of pain body around like the (laughs) kind of the whole like collective that it just hit my creativity and I say that because it kind of like happened at once where I was like I don't feel like playing right now so kind of took a hiatus and then but I was still I was still playing still dabbling but um just I got re-back engaged in work and it got me really not like in a bad way like in a excited way and so i kind of stopped playing as much but um a couple other things happened i got really tired of like instagram and social media like completely turned off from it like where i was just like i think i'm over this you know like i don't know not that it's a um i i i try not to come off as like this there's nothing worse than like a social media anti who's like you should get off social media so i'm definitely not going down that path but just for me the, 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 gestalt this method, moment. the gestalt method or whatever like my experience is that uh it's it provides very little value but it uh disguises itself as like delivering a lot of value so mm. it keeps you engaged like oh my friends are on here or, like i have to be on here for music like but if you like get really still for like a half day <laughs> you really, I, I realized that i didn't need it so anyway uh so I, I've been doing less, but actually what's really interesting is after the election, when they announced Joe Biden, I was like, I want to play music again. Like, like just flipped it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it has nothing to do. Like I actually preferred Trump, but, uh, but it was kind of a win-win for me because I always was on the fence with Trump a little bit because although I agreed with a lot of his policies and way more than Biden, he didn't do being right. Sure. He was an asshole. And if you're yeah. not, if you're not being like being, if, and that's my, that's my like shtick is like, you have to have the being before doing, unless it's like running a country because that's all ego based crap. And like, so like I was kind of like, and, and I don't know, I feel like one side of the aisle kind of like, okay, we lost like, okay, blah, blah, blah. We move on. But like everyone really hated Trump. So like I was kind of happy for all the people that like, I've been so angry, like it's like so cathartic release. Yeah, man. So I don't know. Like, I, to answer your question in a really long rambling way, I'm like back more excited now. I actually just released a new track. Um, 
I'll send it to you. It's, I, I think it comes out like today. So. Dope. Yeah. Dope. Yeah, man. By the way, man, that's the way I think about it. You know, just riding the wave. I like that. I think we both have that style and it can feel like it, it conflicts with like perseverance and discipline, et cetera. Cause I feel like discipline is like, okay, you go out on the water and you just paddle big wave, small wave, doesn't matter. You just paddle. Whereas like riding the wave is like, okay, like, you know, you gotta, as it comes, you get up on the board and you flow. And if it's not coming, like, you know, you, you wait and you have some patience and I'm definitely a ride the wave kind of guy talking about feeling useless earlier i don't i don't sit around and beat my head against the wall like i know my value i know my worth and and my energy and knowing myself gives me more freedom and permission to be able to have some diversity in where i place my bets and where i place my attention instead of you know just following like the dogged persisted on persistence on one thing come hell or high water which it, it has its own merits but it can also have a lot of dogma with it yeah well that's good that's good it's funny <laughs> i was talking to my wife i want to ask you about this because so it's a, you know when you get these weird like ideas in your head where you're like okay if i do this that means i'm gonna be like i'm like winning like that yeah. means i'm living up to who i think i am right and one of these weird things that has always like really appealed to me in like a really strange way is like a trip a quarter, like a family trip a quarter. Like I like if you go back through strategic coach journals and dumb shit, like I'm always writing like a trip a quarter. And then I was thinking about that. I'm like, because if I do that, then I'm like being successful or I'm, 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 you know, that's what I should, you know, I don't know. Like, so anyway, I had a reminder for that in my phone to like, oh, do a trip or something. Or it might've even been a date night. Like I had like a regular reminder for like, hey, have we had a date night? And then I, that popped up and I asked Cora, I was like, hey, uh, let's do it. Do you want to do a date night? Let's do a date night. And she like saw it was on my phone and she was all beep, boop, beep, boop. She like imitated <laughs> like a robot because she makes fun of me for shit like that because it's like, it's not as maybe she's laughing because it's not as like maybe authentic or authentic. It's like oh date night, boop, 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 right? And, and so she, and it says like your partner is always your greatest teacher. And so like I, I deleted the reminder. I'm like yeah, dude, it's so much better just to like hey, do we need a date night? I don't know, but like, it, it could have been worse, man. It could have the the minor could have been like <laughs> give wife kiss. Hey babe. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But do, do, does that resonate with you? Do you have any things like that where you feel like if you don't hit those things, you're like not being successful and you maybe automate it or like too much? Or is that uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was just talking to my wife today. We So I went on a day date with my wife earlier today for a little breakfast spot. And as we were going, I was like describing like in my current state of thinking, what are the things that would need to happen for me to feel like truly successful like i was like just on that tip and when i hit those things it'll be a new list of things and it is kind of um a weird exercise i think me you and clint were sharing that quote from somewhere that said something to the effect of that thinking that you're going to feel happy at some point in the future when something happens is just like a, a way to keep yourself depressed mm -hmm. that's how i kind of feel about a lot of that stuff 
I heard you say a long time ago, I've already won. And I forget that. But when I sit down and I think about it, I so firmly believe that. I've already won. And the thought of, of myself as a kid, have you ever like heard that exercise about like relating to yourself like when you were five? Uh, no, I don't think so. The exercise is basically, if you think about your, your kid right now and talking to them the way that you talk to yourself in terms of putting much of pressure on them or guilt or shame or disappointment, you'd feel terrible, like you would never do it. So why do you treat yourself that way? And that's actually been really helpful and useful to me. It's not to remove pressure to create ambition, but it is a good reminder to just be kind to myself rather than saying, well, you know, if you do these things, it'd be great, but you're kind of less than today. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's, it's so easy to forget like what a five-year-old or three-year-old must be thinking, you know, and uh, trying to impose like your, your way of view. It, it's funny. Tole says uh, like, parents like that's a role you play as a parent which is like obviously a role you need to play but a lot of times it becomes i know what's best for you and i know what's best for you becomes less and less true the older the older they get so true (laughs) yeah you know it's like because they need to become their own their own people and uh it's funny it's some and it's probably hard you know like I know my dad still like struggles with that where he's like tells me like oh you do the, you need to do this or like my sister like you need to do this I know it comes from a place of love but it's like at a certain point it's like, we're, all, we're pretty much almost 40 yet. you know I don't know if that hasn't happened yet I don't think that's gonna happen now <laughs> but I know you mean well yeah love you dad yeah. if you're listening but yeah what a what a trip to make that transition you know like identifying with being able to still see clearly a lot of that parental behavior that's seems unhelpful and yet knowing that invariably some of it I will start doing to me. I either am, well, that's, that's what it actually is actually heavy. I already am doing some things that are unhelpful. I already probably have done some things that they'll remember when they're, you know, 20 or 30 that were negative. And knowing I'm going to do more of it, that, that's actually a thought to me that can be like really heavy. And if I let myself go there and I've got to balance um, responsibility with also recognizing I don't have complete control. And there's going to be a lot of outcomes that are going to take place for my kids, some of which will be negative, that I can't stop and I'm just not responsible for. I don't know. It's like, it's like a trip to dichotomy there. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it is a trip. I want to ask you about something else. Um, did I talk to you about writing down stressful thoughts when you wake up in the morning? We did talk about it briefly. Yeah. So, um, it's weird. Like, uh, there's some things. There's some thoughts. Like, as I get more into, like, the spiritual realm and like you know, you're not your thoughts and whatnot, but there's some thoughts that are just so recycled, like garbage BS, like thoughts that everyone, well, first off, I love how Byron Katie points out that all thoughts are recycled. Everybody, there's no new stressful thought, 
right? Like everyone has the same BS stressful thoughts. And so I finally got an aha moment when I was reading uh, Eckhart Tolle the other day about this. And he was saying like, some of the thoughts are just like part of like the egoic mind structure that like everybody has. Like, it's just like, you don't need to beat yourself. Like a common one for me is like, oh, I ate too much. Like I'm like full, like, you know, I ate too much food or whatever. It's like, and like I'm eating, I'm like, I'm fat. Like I'm getting fat. Like I'm, I'm not worth, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not looking as good as I should look or something. That's just like part of a collective mind structure that like has nothing to do with you. You know what I mean? Like, and you could say that about different things. So it's just really interesting because it's helped me separate from like, Oh yeah, that's just like the background noise of BS that we all deal with as humans. I'm not gonna like entertain that. <laughs> it has more to do with the human condition yeah. than your circumstances. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, when I entertain these thoughts, I, I come I come and I interact with the wavelength of thought that you're describing. And it's not where I sit predominantly, but I have an affinity for it. And so I would say I'm, I'm still in that curious rather than the committed phase. But when I do interact, I'm simultaneously fascinated, but also there is a part of me that's horrified of just really grappling with the mind and how much of a hassle the mind and like consciousness can be, you know, to know there's like this thing in the back of the brain that provides these compulsive thoughts, many of which are not useful and lead to negative <laughs> outcomes. That thought, I think one thing I, the one thought I have was like, it's just exhausting. Why does it have to be that? Yeah. How did we wind up here that like enlightenment is this life's quest rather than the default of the norm? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like Tole says, uh, like he doesn't have an ego, but that's not some big uh, achievement. It's simply just realizing like you're not the thoughts in your head. But like everything exists in your mind. So that's like, it has a lot of work to do. Like the mind, like without the story you're telling yourself about everything, things are just as they are. So mm. mind definitely that has a lot of work to do, but um, it is exhausting for sure. And it's easy to get wrapped up in the stories that we tell ourselves. I got a pivot back for you. Kids activities. How much thought have you given to this? You got the basics. So, so you got the basics, you got the things circumstantially close to you because of what's in your area or your, you know, your wife's cousin's friend is like a gymnast instructor, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the full panoply of what you could do. You could have your 10 year old like interning in banking and finance or whatever. You know, like, like the true list is pretty broad, pretty, pretty out there. My oldest is six, and so about to turn six. So I feel like it's like I'm really there in, in either needing to say, you know, either we're not going to do any activities, I'm anti-activity, unschooling, blah, 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 or we're going to embrace some. I'm leaning toward, we are, me and my wife are leaning towards embracing some, and we're kind of working through that. Have you given any thought to this thus far? What are you guys thinking about activities? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm behind you because I only have my, my son's two, so I'm not quite there yet. So I'll just speak from experience of what I've thought about. <laughs> and I think, uh, 
I'm going to try to figure out what he's into, right? And then nurture that, which by the way, was a complete like shock to me. So you're like me in a lot of regards in the sense that like we go to books for things, right? Totally. <clears throat> so I read a parenting book when Miles, like, I don't even know if he was born yet. He might've been like an infant. And this book was like, you don't like live your life through your kid. Don't push them into things you, you want them to do, like figure out what they want to do and nurture that. And I'm like, holy shit, that's freaking awesome. I wouldn't have thought of that. Like, <laughs> and you, you, you probably like already had like a little guitar, like in his totally, room. Right? Totally, <laughs> <laughs> totally. And it doesn't mean I don't still have one in there, but, but you know, I'm not like taping it to his hands, but, um, but anyway, so yeah, that was kind of like an aha. So that's where I go with this. For instance, my, my best friend, Ryan, his son is five. Yeah, I think Brad's five. Yeah, he, he's five years old. He he's loves baseball, like randomly. Like he saw like a baseball game and like he loves Jackie Robinson. And so like this was completely not pushed on by Ryan. And also Ryan's like doing a really good job of like nurturing that. And like, okay, cool. Like, oh. yeah, like let's get you into baseball. And like, you know, and if yeah. he falls out of that, I remember that was something um, – that I always like felt bad about when I was younger for some reason, like, Oh, I fell out of interest of things. Like, yeah, something like maybe that was a yeah. thing, like, you know, my dad or my mom, but, um, but yeah, I'm excited to just kind of go flow state with him and just, you know, and I'll see if hopefully I can pull it off. It's probably easier said than done, but just nurturing the stuff that he's interested in. I dig it. I like that. I mean, that does presuppose that it's obvious. And I think maybe the things that are obvious are, more like temperament or initial reaction to something. It's not gonna be obvious. I mean, at least it, for me, it's not obvious that they are necessary. I have girls, so it's, it's more like, um, she's she's been really interested in ballet for the little bit that we've done. So that may be something we keep rolling with, you know, looking at, at gymnastics, but. Yeah, what's wrong yeah, with ballet? She's interested not, in ballet. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely. You know, honestly, I probably do have, if I'm being honest, I probably do have some baggage. I'm not <laughs> thinking it's a little prissy, a little elitist, et cetera, but I don't know. A lot of think through. I feel, I just, I'm, I'm super cognizant of how much influence I wield in the defaults that I provide. And so I just want to be thoughtful about it, but it's a privilege and it's, and it's, it's probably like the highlight of, my life in a lot of ways being a dad like there's just so much joy that comes from it man it makes me super grateful every day yeah man for sure and like with the case of my my friend ryan like yeah his son it's easy right if your kid happens to just like love baseball that's easy but like what if uh there's nothing that obvious i would say like it's always usually somewhat obvious like the types of things they're interested in like for instance my son like he at least so far he hasn't shown a much interest in like art like coloring like drawing where some kids like love that shit but he loves to throw his body around so i would probably like hey let's try a gymnastics class or something and see if you like taekwondo that, you know or like whatever you know what it is so so yeah man it's um but as far as activities too that's something i'm trying so i've been really focused on this word transformational um and, and it really like lights me up and the, the where this came from was about a month ago i had i reached out to someone in my industry who you good on time you got a few more minutes yes okay i reached out 
I didn't, I had a broker working for me doing sales. It didn't work out. So anyway, I was doing the sales and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't like doing sales. And it's just like, it's not the best use of my time right now. Yeah. So, but before I hire someone else, like, let me just see if I can find a really badass referral partner. And so I went to this guy in my industry who I really admired his uh, company and his marketing. Uh-huh. And so we're like, yeah, let's hop on a Zoom call. Let, let's talk shop. So anyway, I hopped on a Zoom call and I went into this call thinking like, okay, if I can get like 40% referral fee. And if he agrees to like this, then like this. Anyway, I ended up like me being like soul brothers with this guy. Like, like, and the funny thing is, is he was like, we were talking about Buddhism and all this like stuff. So anyway, we were kind of like gelling uh, on things we were into. And then I was like, oh, and, and you know, so back to the business side, like, so I was thinking if I could get like 40%, he was like, whoa, bro. Like when you just start talking about money, like that just really dipped the conversation. <laughs> He's like, did you feel that? He's like, did you feel that? <laughs> Oh my goodness whoa it was, it was really funny i'm not saying like this guy's like my best friend forever like but it was i like, wish this was recorded this is like this is like the epitome of like a like a socal business moment <laughs> right right totally totally but anyway where i'm going with this is um he's like the money's fucking bullshit right he's like the money like it's bullshit like nobody like you have enough money. I'm sure like the money is bullshit. It's like, it's about the impact and it's about, I'm interested in creating, you know, building transformational relationships that have an exponential return on human capital. Like I'm interested wow. in, and like, anyway, I went into this call, like so transactional and yeah. I left the call transformational. Like I was like, yeah, fucking, I don't even know what he's paying me on like these first couple deals. I'm like, just like, whatever is like, let's just do like what makes sense depending on the deal. <laughs> because whatever, if he screws me over, whatever, it's like two deals if, if it works out great. But um, so like, I don't know, there's this opportunity in every instance, whether it's like a podcast with you or getting off work and sitting on the couch with your kid versus maybe just like going for a walk, yeah. like, there's a way to make everything transformational versus transactional. And for me, transactional is like, okay, well, I'm tired. What's in it for me? Like, where's the money coming from? Okay, now that we're done transacting, get out of my way. And transformational is all about selflessness. It's like, you're more important to me than me because you are me. And what I do to you, I do to me. And it's in my best interest to forget my own self-interest. Steve, that's a, that's a lot to leave us with. That's a lot to wrap up on. Folks, if you're listening at home, I suggest you rewind that and re-listen a couple of times. That was a great summation of my aspiration on my best days. That was a great summation of my aspiration in business. Thank you for sharing that. For sure, brother. It's good to talk to you, man. As always, man. Be well. Stay strong. Stay you. See you on the flip side. Peace.